Our second scripture comes this morning from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 20, verses 20 through 34, if you'd like to follow along. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus along with her sons. Bowing before him, she asked a favor of him. What do you want? he asked. She responded, Say that these two sons of mine will sit, one on your right hand and one on your left, in your kingdom. Jesus replied, You don't know what you're asking. Can you drink from the cup that I am about to drink from? They said to him, We can. He said to them, You will drink from my cup, but to sit at my right hand or my left hand isn't mine to give. It belongs to those for whom my father prepared it. Now when the other ten disciples heard about this, they became angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them over and said, You know that those who rule the Gentiles show off their authority over them, and their high-ranking officials order them around. But that's not the way it will be with you. Whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you will be your slave. Just as the human one didn't come to be served, but rather to serve and to give his life to liberate many people. As Jesus and his disciples were going out of Jericho, a large crowd followed him. When the two blind men sitting along the road heard that Jesus was passing by, they shouted, Show us mercy, Lord, son of David. Now the crowd scolded them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted even louder, Show us mercy, Lord, son of David. Jesus stopped in his tracks and called to them, What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, we want to see, they replied. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately, they were able to see, and they followed him. This morning, we're wrapping up our sermon series on what it means to grow with God, grow with others, and grow in service to the world. This is the vision that you and I share as a church. It's a vision that we have on our bulletin. It's a vision that we believe guides, in a sense, of who we are and what we do as a church together as we seek to fulfill the great commission which Jesus offered to the disciples in Matthew 28:19, which says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so this week we're wrapping up this series on this statement. As we understand at St. Luke that we seek to help people and help one another grow with God, to grow with others in our fellowship together and to grow in our service to the world. Because we believe that this statement can help us to fulfill the Great Commission, both as individual disciples, but also as a larger Christian community. So for the past five weeks, we've thought about how our individual spiritual practices that we do on our own can help guide us. We've looked at the practices of prayer and worship, Bible study and witness, financial giving, in each of these areas, recognizing that they can help us to grow, to grow as individuals and to grow as our community of faith, and to grow in our approach to the world as we seek to serve and help others. This morning we end with a spiritual practice of service. Because we recognize that in addition to our personal growth, our spiritual lives are most noticeable by others through our service and through the ways that we are led to help other people. We know that each of these un other individual spiritual practices are things that you and I can do on our own, whether it's Bible study or prayer or participating in worship. 
They're things that we can internalize. But in a lot of ways, service is how we demonstrate our inward change to others. And so we do it. Out of our love for God and out of our love for fellow humans, we serve others. But this morning as we think about service and about a couple of scriptures where we are called to serve others, I want to stress first and invite you to think about service as things that aren't not just that we do outside the church. I want us to see that service is all-encompassing by what we do and how we do it with one another because it encompasses many things. And so as I was working on this sermon this past week, and as I was thinking about service, and thinking about the things that you and I do in and within the church, and even outside the church, I began to make a list. And I want to add a disclaimer before I read this list, that I know that this list is not all-encompassing. I know that there are things that you do, or things that you are immediately going to think of when I finish it, and think, why didn't he list that? Because I want you to think about that. I want you to recognize and realize that the things you do and that the things we do, well, they're service as we offer ourselves to other people. And so the list begins with things that we do outside the church, just a few of them that I thought of, but service can be helping with the monthly lunches at La Posada. La Posada being a transitional home for women and children here in El Paso who are getting out of abusive relationships. They're able to live there and receive the health care and the help and the job training and the skills that they need to go forth in their life and to, to be productive and be successful and support themselves. So our church, I don't know if you know, we have groups that go on the second Saturday of every month that take lunch in to these women and children there in their home. They fellowship with them, they prepare a meal for them, and they just let them know that we support what they are doing. Service can be bringing paper products, non-perishable food items, or taking a stocking at the Christmas time season for one of the residents of New Life Home and buying the items that are requested by that, that, that person for Christmas. See, that's something that we don't celebrate, we don't talk about it very often, but there are many of you that bring something in every week or every month for the residents of New Life Home. I know it's not a huge thing that we notice, but I know that it's service because we're supporting them and we're making their lives better because of what we do in support of that ministry. Service can be providing food for different events, one being the the El Paso Houchin. Uh, the Houchin Center uh, meal that the El Paso District United Methodist Youth Groups offer the week before Thanksgiving. That's just in a few weeks. Another is participating by donating $10 a year to our Imaginal Malaria campaign, which makes me happy as we think about service because it's something that we do, but it's not something we have to go to do, but we are supporting it and we're changing the world because of it, especially when you think of the statistic that when nothing but nets and Imaginal Malaria started 10 years ago, a child was dying every 30 seconds of malaria, and now it's every 45 seconds. And the number continues to improve because people are being prevented from contracting that disease while they're also receiving treatment if they have contracted it. See, that's changing the world by our service. Service can be and is serving on the committee, at the church, a committee of the church. Here's where you all should say no. <laughs> or, leading, or helping with Bible school. 
or leading a group or helping with a special event or helping in the office of the church or helping in another place that you go out of your love for people that's fueled and rooted in your love of God and others. I'm not saying that service just happens in the church, but our Christian witness takes us to places to help and serve other people. And I know many of you have other places besides the church that you serve and reach out and connect with others. Service is providing meals for those who are in transition in their lives, for those that are experiencing or are preparing for the death of a loved one. Or for those that are welcoming the birth of a new baby or visiting those who are hospitalized or are homebound or who are in a rehabilitation center. See, that's service. Because you're connecting with those people in their time of need. You're offering them Christian support. You're building the community even as you support them. And service is even checking in with other people. Calling them on their birthday, helping them after surgery, making sure that they're doing okay. Making sure that they don't need help. Making sure that their day is going all right. You do this. And it's service. Because you do it out of your love for God and out of your love for other people. See, service can be any one of these things. And it can be any one of the things that I know right now you were thinking about in your own mind. Because you can't believe that I skipped it. Because service... To summarize it, is anything that you and I do in and outside the church out of our love for God. It's not just those things that we consider mission work, where we have to go and leave and go to a faraway place. Nor is it just the things that you and I do here in the church to care for one another. Service consists of both those things and more. Which is why every one of us is able to participate in it. See, service, on my list, I worked hard to, to include things that it didn't matter what age you were or what abilities you have, all of us can do it and offer it to other people. Because all of us have a way to demonstrate and share the inward change that we've experienced by God through Jesus Christ in our lives to other people through the way we serve them. Service isn't constrained by by who you are or your age or what you can do. I hope you saw that the list is all-encompassing. Because it's the way we serve. It's how we offer ourselves to others. It's how we demonstrate our inward change, our values. It's how we demonstrate who we are to those that we come in contact with. And so as we think about service this morning, we've read a passage of scripture from Romans chapter 7 verses 1 through 6. I spent a lot of time in both Romans and then in Matthew chapter 20 this past week. And the one that that I really focused on this past week was Romans chapter 7 verse 1 through 6. To set the stage, Paul is writing to a church in Rome that is conflicted in what they are and in how they're supposed to live out the Christian life. They're wondering if they're supposed to follow the Jewish law. They're wondering how they're supposed to arrange themselves as a people. They're wondering what they're supposed to do. And so Paul in his letter is writing to them about the conflict as they perceive it between following the law and receiving and living according to the grace of Jesus Christ. And so Paul writes this to them. He says that as a church they've died to the law. 
As individual believers, they've died to the law because Christ has died for them. He writes that the law died with the body of Christ and that we as followers of Jesus now might belong to another who's Christ who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. See, I often read this passage of Scripture and and I end it with the part where Paul says that the law dies with Christ so that we can belong to Christ. And I always forget, or I don't read, or I don't pay attention to that last part, to where it said, so that we can bear fruit for God. Christ died for them, that early church. Christ died for us here today, so that we might bear fruit. He didn't die just so that we can have acceptance of and receive forgiveness. He didn't die just so that we could accept the grace that He offered us. He didn't die just so that we could receive salvation. According to Romans 7, 1-6, He died so that we might bear fruit for God. He died so the believers would bear fruit, so that those who profess to be disciples of Him would bear fruit or evidence of them in their lives, of their communities, and in their larger world. Jesus died so that we who who profess to follow Him would do more than just accept the salvation that God offers us through Him. He died so that we might choose to do more with our lives, so that our inward growth, so that our inward transformation that's happened to us through Him would be evident to others. And it would be evident by the fruit that we offer. He died so that we might choose to grow in our faith, through prayer and study, through worship and witness, through our giving and our service. He died so that in each of these areas, our lives might be changed and we might bear fruit as evidence of that. See, when I think of service, my mind goes to the list of things that you and I can say are traditionally service. We think of mission projects. We think of of providing food to others. We think of offering, you know, paper products and, and goods to other people. But if we think of service as the way that we demonstrate the inward change that God has made within us, well, then our list is expanded exponentially. It's expanded because of the unlimited possibilities of God as we as His people choose to serve others, as we minister to them, as we listen to them, as we care for them, and as we offer them the grace and love of Jesus Christ in their lives. See, today, as I was thinking about service, I didn't just want to leave you with a list of things you should do. Because I believe where God is leading us is to how, to thinking about how we do them. Because service to us should be anything that we do that is drawn forth and that comes out of our love for God towards other people. And it bears fruit. It offers evidence to them of the life that you live, of the love that you have, and of the transformation that God has created in your heart. That service. That's God offering Himself to us. 
so that we might live. And that's us offering ourselves to others so that they might receive the fruit of that which we've been given by God. We offer service because Jesus offered himself to us. We minister to others. We offer them demonstrations of the inward change that we have each experienced. And we do it out of our love for them because we recognize, because we realize the love of God that has been given to us. And we can't help but do anything else. And that's all for ourselves. In the way we work, in the way we study, in the way we witness, in the way we give, in the way we serve. So that others might see the inward change that has happened within us. Amen.